you've reached the Conservative Hippie Podcast, a common sense look at life, the universe, and everything. Here's your host, Jay Frat, the Conservative Hippie. All right, we're back again with the Conservative Hippie Podcast, episode 116. I've got a very interesting guest, a recent uh, friend that I've met on Twitter. So I guess, you know, in this uh, modern times, there are no friends on the internet, but he is a Twitter acquaintance of mine. His name is Eric Crowell, and he goes by the handle on Twitter at Outrage underscore PNW. Let's just make sure I got that right. It is at at Outrage. Oh, no underscore. My apologies. At Out. At Outrage PNW, um, fanta- doing a fantastic job of citizen journalism, um, kind of with a ragtag team of of angry and intelligent patriots uh, lo- looking into the situation that is unfolding, not just in Washington State, but this applies across our country as um, these. Uh, the censorship industrial complex has now been shown to weave its way through Washington State um, in the bureaucratic ranks. So I'm going to be quiet. I want to say hello to Eric. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you. And uh, thanks for bringing attention to the work that's being done here. I was... Uh, tipped off on this through a couple of accounts that I was following through Twitter and uh, discovered that our Secretary of State is monitoring social media. So I submitted a public records act request for information regarding the contracts as well as uh, decision-making to monitor online comments. And uh, what we've discovered ultimately is they're using it not really to, uh, you know, criminally charge people, but to be aware of the topic stream and to be informed of what people are talking about, which seems to be more of a political purpose, not really an agency function. Exactly. So uh, if we can go back a bit and try to talk about the beginning of this, um, and, and just really quick, um, Eric, just for the audience, um, you have—I'm sorry, I can't, I can't name the exact affliction, but it's, it's um, exactly what uh, presidential candidate um, uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. has, a spasmodic something or other. Can you speak really quick just to let the audience know uh, that you're not an AI voice, um, that, that yeah. you have some sort of uh, affliction of your vocal cords? Yes, correct. It's called spasmodic dysphonia. 
um, much like RF K presented itself right around age 40, and it is a disease or a disorder that affects your ability to project your voice. Wow, and it came on after forty. Uh, what what a what a shocking occurrence that must have been. Yes, it, you know, in retrospect, it kind of beats its head in her mentally prior to becoming more pronounced. It can be frustrating because it limits your ability to dialogue through voice. Yes, yes. Well, uh, you make up, you more than make up for that with your ability to type on Twitter a very, <laughs> uh, very entertaining and informational account. Again, it's at Outrage PNW, and you can understand with uh, somebody with spasmodic dysphoria, um, they might want to reach out to use their voice. Um, in social media platforms and in the written word. And so very much this um, flagging of accounts by using taxpayer dollars for political purposes uh, very much is, uh, Eric is a stakeholder in that battle. Um, but let's bring it back. Yes, yes but let's bring it back um, to the beginning when we first found out about this. I found out about this through uh, Jim Walsh, uh, the um, chairman of the state Republican Party, also representative uh, in our uh, state legislature, uh, talking about this company named Logically AI and a UK-based company, so a foreign company that our state government, um, I believe the Secretary of State, could be the Attorney General, maybe you'll inform me, it's all of them, uh, but are using taxpayer funds, the government has contracted with this company to quote-unquote monitor social media and flag and, and, and give reports to these um, bureaucrats as to quote-unquote misinformation and disinformation. Do I have everything correct at this point? Yes, well, I would also add to that to say not just things that are mis or disinfo, but also narratives in general, too. Anything discussing elections, but the reports frame those as a threat to election integrity. <laughs> and they, uh, they assess threat levels to them. And the people that are being flagged include registered, qualified voters, as well as people in the media, too, Brandy Cruz. Uh, politicians, Jim Walsh has been flagged. He's the chairman of the GOP right now. Yeah, yeah. And um, in our state, we are in a unique position in the fact that uh, Democrats control uh, the majority of statewide elected positions. Um, so therefore, a very biased and unchecked 
uh, mechanism is in place uh, with these particular contracts and the reporting. Now, uh, with with this is very similar to Twitter files, you know, something that came out a couple of years ago where they actually um, discovered that these um, officials were asking social media companies to censor and um, reduce the voice, the reach of, of accounts that were flagged. Is that happening in this situation? Do we have any evidence that the, um, the, the uh, bureaucrats in Washington state are taking these reports and then acting on them with um, uh, intermediaries within social media? Yes, and in fact, the Twitter files are related to the Washington State program. I'll explain how Slavization Select Subcommittee, who is part of that Missouri uh, Freedom of Information Act case, Uncover that CISA is operating the election integrity partnership, which, are you ready for this? The University of Washington and Stanford are the main research partners in that. And so the company that's being used. Logically, AI is also related to that. They're part of that program. They're a recommended partner for jurisdictions throughout the U.S., any state, county, local, or federal government. And Oregon is also participating through logically as well as through their university contacts. And then the contract that was executed between the Washington Secretary of State logically was passed through South Puget Sound Community College who is a satellite of UW. They're a participant in that program as well. Um, so there's a very large nexus dating back all the way to 2016. And before the Secretary of State here was participating in this contract, they were directly communicating with CISA and alerting CISA during the election and leading up to the election of people who were commenting online. And that included, like I said, active candidates. Amber Kravich had her account suspended during the election is a result of the report that was made by an employee, a temporary employee in the Secretary of State who was monitoring social media. 
and I, I'm going to draw up a bond here. The people that are in these positions, Kylie Zabel, Kieran Boyle, and I can't remember the name of the predecessor, are all Republicans. Wow. Yes. So within, let me just get, you, you mentioned a name, I believe it was Kylie and Karen. You're saying within the government structure, the bureaucratic structure, these employees um, that are executing the um, censorship are Republicans. Yes, that's correct. And that's current election, current staff, prior election there was a GOP staff member uh, in Olympia who was loaned out to the Secretary of State. I've got the documents for that, but I'll need to dig them up. They're not handy at the moment. Okay, so um, you know, some people might be yelling out there. See, it's uh, it's bipartisan. Um, this uh, this censorship structure. I'm going to clean a little bit of things up. I want to I want to just repeat, make sure we're getting the facts to the people correctly. Um, CISA is Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. Um, they are tapped uh, for election security. Um, the this case, what we're discussing, is related to the weaponization of CISA, how a cybersecurity agency colluded with big tech and disinformation partners to censor Americans. Um, this is from the Committee on the Judiciary and the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government, U.S. House of Representatives, that has been ongoing since June of 2023. So we're coming up on a uh, year that this has been ongoing and um, even though there is this select subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government, it is still continuing. It's still continuing to roll. The contracts are getting paid with taxpayer dollars. The UK um, company uh, is being contracted and still executing um, its reports for a uh, biased um, political partisan group. Um, even if um, Eric points out uh, that there may even be uh, Republican Party members. Now, when you say, when you label somebody as Republican, as this bomb you dropped uh, of staff within the structure, how do you have that information? Are they Republican as as they designated themselves in 2020 as part of the presidential campaign? How do you, how do you assign them Republican? Well, two things, mainly it's through doing open records research. For example, example if you go look at uh, Kieran Boyle or Kylie Zabel through Google, you'll see them reference through the Washington House Republicans website. They actively do work there. Um, and then the staff member that was loaned to the Secretary of State through a temporary contract during election 2020, 
twenties and they they were a GOP staff. Um, so you look at that and say, well, that's where they're planted. That's their history as far as what org they work for. And now, I mean, there are a lot of people in government yeah. <laughs> pointy here too. So I'm not saying they're being directed by the GOP, but that's where they've been seated. And who knows what the real political alliances are. One of the uh, Secretary of State that we have that was part of 2020, uh, you know, I think it was Kim Wyman. Again, I'm just recalling Adam memory ended up going to the Biden administration. That is factual. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I mean, you had to look at this and go, well, these are people that are, quote-unquote, apparently neutral. They're hand-picking people for positions that are involved uh, heavily with partisan alliances that are steering and censorship. And not just that, but while they're in what should be a neutral uh, position, they're using this to mine intelligence about how to communicate back to the populace to counter a narrative that the populace public is pursuing. You know, somebody says, we allow... Uh, non-citizens to vote the election, that shows up as a threat to election security and integrity through one of these reports, even if it actually happened. Yes, yes. Let me just continue to clean up a little bit um, to to go back. Uh, Eric just posted on Twitter um, a document that looks like um, logically AI filling out a questionnaire for the Secretary of State um, uh, to win the contract, essentially. Um, I'm going to read a question and an answer. This kind of gets to the heart of how logically AI perceives themselves. Um, the Secretary of State form asks, describe the unique features, qualifications, abilities, or expertise of the contractor proposed for this sole source contract. Logically replies, Logically is the only tech company that combines fact-checking as a service and narrative and threat analysis. I'm going to read that again because this first sentence is incredibly important. This, this is at the heart of what Eric is pointing out. Logically is the only tech company that combines fact-checking as a service and narrative and threat analysis. Logically's unique combination of artificial and human intelligence means it can apply both scale and nuance to the problem of emerging threats, violence, and mis- and disinformation, identifying issues before they become widespread. 
logically has developed a suite of products and services to immediately identify threats of violence and to analyze the harm caused by the spread of misinformation and targeted disinformation campaigns. Now I'm going to I'm going to stop there so we don't we don't bore everyone to death but these these documents are incredibly important and what it's pointing out there in in our in our modern society with this modern lens when you take a biased lens to define these words that weaponizes that creates the opportunity for partisan censorship and that is what has has gone on for example, through these documents, I was a little surprised to see that we're not just talking about monitoring and censoring or reporting on social media like Twitter and Facebook, but within the documents, it shows that Logically is actually looking at the comments section of uh, places like um, Gateway Pundit, a uh, 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 a news punditry organization. They're actually going through the comments of articles published on the Gateway Pundit. So this is very wide-reaching, this net thrown out by Logically AI and its technology. And just, just in the publishers that they target, you can see the bias built in. W- would, you, would you agree with all of that that I just stated, Eric? Oh, yes, in fact, not a single one of these thread alerts or reports or uh, digests have been included in any left-wing publication or personality which is striking. I've done an independent Twitter audits of people discussing all kinds of Election integrity problems, including accusing uh, the opposing party Republicans, for example, of cheating during an election in Washington State. Not one of those comments has found its way into one of these wow. reports. Wow. And, and they flag things like voter ID. Uh, you know, if you say that voter ID should be required because it's a reasonable general control to identify the person placing a vote, you will be flagged as trying to undermine the integrity of the elections. It's shocking. Yeah, so... so. Just, I'm going to try to gather my thoughts uh, to, put, to put this out there. So, what we're talking about is, at at best, a political party using taxpayer funds for their own research, narrative control, communications, and at worst using taxpayer funds to outright censor citizens' free speech. Yes. So, and, oh, not, yeah. and, and, when, <laughs> and, and when I say at worst, not even just censoring free speech, but doing it um, in a way so as to hide narrative and um, support the political interests of a particular party. And that's not what our taxpayer funds are used for. 
Um, I want to give a, a hat tip really quick. You mentioned a team of people um, that you're familiar with on Twitter um, that were getting to the heart of these uh, information requests. If I'm not mistaken, uh, was it Michael Easton, uh, one of those uh, Twitter folks that uh, originally came up with this research? Yes, correct. He and several of his followers also uh, Susan do. She initially did the arts to the work that Michael was doing, and then there's another anonymous profile who goes by JB. They've been actively involved in submitting requests to. They have more data going back to the 2020 election. Uh, and that's actually what prompted me to expand the scope of my request uh, was finding out that this did go back further and that in 2019 of July, UW created the Center for an Informed Public. They're on Twitter, in fact along with the EIP. And many of the people there working the program seem to show up here and there. And this chain between UW and SOS says... This is what's alarming, is, is then you throw in acada yeah. academia as a cover... Um, but if everyone shares the ideology and then they also control uh, the government function, um, that is fascism. That is, uh, you know, we, yeah. we've got we've got um, real problems when it comes to the objectivity that government is supposed to have in its function and a lack of accountability when um, that objectivity is lost. And it, it's created this chaotic um, situation where they're they cherry pick and they can point out mis and disinformation examples, but then cast a broad net over speech that, as Michael, as uh, Eric has pointed out, is perfectly um, agreeable within a political debate about the mechanisms of our structures. Um, for example, uh, you know, is it is it election interference for someone to say, you know, I think we should go back to paper ballots and counting precinct by precinct? Is it misinformation for me to go out and say, you know, I think everybody's got elections wrong. I think we need to use modern technology and put elections on the blockchain and only citizens, you know, verified citizens, you know. Debates like that that are healthy, that bring forth ideas and allow us to use government better, um, as this evidence is showing, those debates are not allowed to be heard. They're censored, they're flagged, um, and then the opposing party, uh, with its ideology and its current control in Washington state, is able to use these reports, again, paid by taxpayer funds, to adjust their narrative, to quiet another narrative, to counter another narrative. In essence, as everything we've been seeing lately in our crazy world, it is election interference in itself in the name of safeguarding elections. 
Yeah, Shit, I didn't mean it. It's really a clown <laughs> regarding you, said because what they're doing is saying, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. And, and they put the man behind the curtain on purpose. They executed a contract through an intermediary to a very shady, very national, very well-known organization engaging in widespread censorship and uh, content flagging. And as you pointed out, it's not just Twitter. It's all of the platforms, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, they're, they're using news website comments uh, discuss platform which a majority of newspapers use yeah. um so it's really a chilling effect on free speech speech that is supposed to be something that prompts healthy debate as you pointed out something that the u.s supreme court recognizes as the fundamental cornerstone of democracy, which is open debate, including good and bad ideas, because the more you open up the debate box, the better ideas prevail. That's right, and they're they're cherry picking uh, disinformation, examples of disinformation, to then cast that wider net over speech, and that's and that's where it's that and it's from a biased lens that they do this from, and as they use these contractors, logically AI, clearly that biased lens is built into the mandates that they hire and contract with. Um, one of the things I want to point this out really quick because I think this is great, and it's one of the reasons I brought you on my podcast, and I mentioned Michael, and I mentioned the efforts that you guys are making. I have seen issue after issue in our state um, that is alarming, that needs to get out to the general public, and sometimes you've got these clickbait grifters um, that will use these um, Freedom of Information Acts. Um, I know in Washington it's called a different thing, Public Disclosure um, Act. Um, to get information, and then they almost lock it up as if they've patented that information. Um, in other words, they create a limited hangout uh, to create subscribers. One thing that I really like about what you guys have done is you guys have released all the information to the public, so anybody who wants to go and download it can download it, can review it for themselves. Isn't that accurate? Isn't that what you sent me in that um that download of file drops. Let's see, what was it called? It was uh, from a sky. From the sky. That's so sure. Yeah. Yes. And um, it, it's true. And and that and I just and I'm going to make that available on uh, this on the show notes for this particular podcast episode. So if you go to theconservativehippie.com, I'm going to have uh, that download uh, that Eric released to me. Where it's it's public information, folks. And and Michael and Eric, they've been very encouraging of anyone to grab these, dig into them. You might find something that they don't see, um, but it's important to use this raw data and release it for free, not hold on to it, creating limited hangouts. Yes, 
totally agreed. I mean, look, the idea that all of us should acquiesce to, and we're all independents, we're not a consortium, we didn't collaborate together, we just found each other along this journey. And it's part of conducting what's called open sourced intelligence. You leverage a community who's capable of digging and then purveying and analyzing data. It's something that's used for law enforcement. You know, if somebody is a suspect, they'll post it on the news and say, do you know this person? So we're following that same approach. And yeah, none of us want money or notoriety. It's a duty that we have to keep government honest and accountable. It's an oversight function of the citizenry. And it's, it's vital to keeping our constitutional democratic republic. Our founders were very clear that if you let people wander off into dark corners, they'll engage in dark activity. <laughs> so, you know, this, this really is sad concept. And it's free to you, uh, the public, because it's your data. The government is accountable to you. They're not supposed to operate in secret. They're supposed to be terribly transparent with what they do. And the only constraint to that is national security. And I think that the data that we're getting, you can clearly say this is not a national security problem. It's a community control problem. The agencies who are performing these activities and the partners that they're working with want to control the public narrative. And what they should be doing is listening to what the public is saying. That's right. And reporting out in a transparent manner. I like what you said that there about citizens um, not acting for monetary gain, but doing the duty, the duty of holding the government accountable, um, something so important um, that's so required in this day and age where uh, it seems that government agencies have been weaponized by political bias and we've lost all sense of objectivity. Um Last thing, uh, you know, I'm going to ask you real quick, last question. Um, the weaponization of SISA, uh, the, uh, the uh, Committee on the Judiciary and the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government has been going on for almost a year now. Um, do, do, unfortunately, is this just going to be another bureaucratic process um, that ends in a, a slap on the wrist and a report out that the public doesn't ever consume, no accountability. You know, where do you see this going as citizens at the ground level like yourself are trying to hold the government accountable and participate in um, this uh, transparency issue? Well, this is a problem that's been going on a long time. We all 
then the thing about the past couple of years. But if you look back to the proliferation of social media itself, uh, it was created to connect people through an electronic venue. Whereas traditionally you do things like pick up the phone and call someone now, you chat them or video call them. And Big Tech caught on to that and started talking to government because who has the biggest pockets to pay Big Tech? Well, that partnership around 2012 between Big Tech and social media started developing. Okay, and they started maturing that. They've been maturing that through decades here. This problem is not going away, but it's now becoming public knowledge. And that's the important thing. You can't always stop something. It takes a year to get records back when you request them. And then you may find out more data that you need to get, so you're going to wait another year. These things can roll on for five, six, ten, twenty years, right, before you get an idea of what's going on. So what we're seeing with the Weaponization Committee is the manifestation of that secret hip area of electronic communications. Government paid to play. They partnered with Big Tech, who runs the platforms. They've been collecting data, and they felt emboldened to increase the amount of data and the scope of data that they collect. I mean, Elon Musk spent, what, $44 billion to purchase Twitter to stop that. That's his claim, at least. Yeah, there you go. Th thank you. Uh, That's the claim. That's the claim. Uh, <laughs> so, so, some would claim he just bought his own uh, uh, private um, feed to um, train AI. Yes. Some would claim that. But no, it's, uh, it's a legitimate thing to inspect, right? Is that a real claim, a false claim, maybe some of it's true. And all in all, what this comes down to is government knows that the new public square is internet, social media, which has public and private parts, and they want to look at all of it. And that's what government does, especially our intelligence agencies here in the U.S. are very keen to keep a out on who's doing what. But what I think is really new, at least in the last seven to eight years, they've been keen on not just listening, but now they want to be the gatekeeper of the narrative because they can't control it through broadcasts anymore.
broadcasts insignificant compared to the fact that you can now broadcast your thoughts to 110 million people in the U.S. by posting on social media where it's publicly available. You don't need to be a large news conglomerate to be able to do that. And so this is where I tell everyone, don't be afraid, be uh, aware, be vigilant when you see this kind of overreach and use that same weapon that they would like to use against you to combat them. You have the power of speech, you have the power of information and the rules to the game, like government has to give you data on what they're doing. So go out and get it. Be active, be astute, and share that. And the worst case is they won't like what you're saying. Uh, they may target you for the things that you say. <laughs> but the point is, if you don't say it, it's just going to keep happening and it's going to get worse. Yes, and don't forget, um, sometimes I have a broad listening audience of the other um, political persuasion. Don't forget that this tool, essentially, this reporting tool um, that the current um, administration of Washington state is using, contracting, using taxpayer dollars for, if we don't stop it, we don't report out on it, we don't hold them accountable, if and when the uh, political ideology flips to the other side, do you, do you want to be under that thumb of censorship reporting uh, the other way? No. And I mean, that's that's why we all have to be objective um, and seek um, the adequate rights of all of our Americans and Washingtonians, even when we disagree, because that can always be flipped and pointed back at you. Something very important to remember that's gotten lost in this hyperbolic food fight of partisan politics um, is that we are all in this together. Um, even if we, ha we have disagreements philosophically with the way government is applied, um, we all want our freedoms uh, that God gave us, that our government is there to uh, protect. All right, Eric. Thank you so much. We've we've gone over, and I want to and I want to give you a break because you you got to get back on Twitter and get all that information out. You guys, <laughs> you guys have been on fire. Thank you so much for taking the time uh, to come on the Conservative Hippie Podcast. Join me for a conversation. I look forward to talking with you more. Um, I just really appreciate the deep data dives, the going out there and getting the data um, through the public disclosure requests. Um, just, you know, heroes, uh, this is a multi-planked battle, and we need to respect everyone's plank in this battle. And I very much respect the deep dive researchers, data collectors that are out there. Thanks, Jay. I appreciate you getting the word out. Good luck, everyone. We love you, Jay. The dude is all right. It's all about community. Come join us. You can find me on Twitter at JFrat. And all episodes of the Conservative Hippie Podcast and show notes are published at 
theconservativehippie.com. And of course, as always, if you want to support this podcast and support your smoking lifestyle, go to smokinjays.com and use coupon code HIPPIE, H-I-P-P-I-E, for 15% off at checkout. Down to Jake's place, trying to get ourselves in the